Hello and welcome to the Biz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for July 17, 2007 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined each week by my good friends Bob Barley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. This week we'll tell you about the most popular news stories on the Diz, including more on Disneyland's battle with the Anaheim City Council. In our continuing Christmas in July series this week, we'll focus on holidays at Disneyland in California. Kevin Close will give us his review of Whispering Canyon Cafe at the Wilderness Lodge. All that plus Roundtable Rapid Fire and listener emails on this edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Now, before we get into the news, there are, as usual, I mean, I, I should just have a segment every week called Housekeeping mm-hmm. because I have something <laughs> yeah. every week. So, housekeeping, the housekeeping segment this week. Um, I guess first, I guess first, I need to uh, beg for votes. Corey's, <laughs> Corey's, Corey's been really, uh, really focused on getting us listed in a lot of these different uh, uh, podcast directories and things. And um, we got a lot of votes last week on Podcast Alley. We're number uh, 19 this month Woo-hoo. of 33,000 podcasts. Uh, the Unplug- wow. Unplugged really, is really number good. 19 really this good. month. We need more votes. But we need more votes. <laughs> I want to be we number need- one. And... Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. Top 20. I thought that was pretty cool. I think so, too. Um, Must be number one. So if you can go out and, and vote for us, that's kind of cool. That kind of gives us all here a, a boost when we see stuff like that. And we have links to all that, all that good stuff on our, our podcast main page. And uh, secondly, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some controversy that erupted last week. Um, I'm going to say erupted. We had a little bit of controversy regarding... Uh, one of the segments we did on, on, on last week's show. Um, I didn't notice. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Bob was, um, during the new segment last week, Bob was uh, valiantly trying to talk about uh, going to the Magic Kingdom on July 4th and uh, watching the naturalization ceremony that took place. I think my biggest problem was that I was wearing that funny Mickey ears with the, the little hat. That didn't yeah. help the whole thing. Um and as will normally happen, um, if you've listened to the show on any kind of regular basis, um, you know, we'll start busting on Bob. And we started busting on him, and apparently a few of our listeners uh, took offense to the fact that we were making jokes. Um, in, well, they felt, I think, that we were making jokes about the immigration ceremony. We weren't. We were making no. jokes about Bob. And uh, quoting, a, quoting a line from uh, the TV show Will and Grace. Um, I think my favorite thing was someone accused us of quoting a show that has no basis in reality. And we're here talking about Disney World. (laughs) (laughs) First and foremost, to anyone who was offended uh, by that that segment last week, I want to sincerely apologize. Uh, I'm the guy who decides what goes in the show. I'm the one who edits the show. Responsibility lies with me. And I do offer my sincere apologies to anyone who was offended. It was not our intention. So there was no, there was no xenophobia in our comments last week. There was no intention to uh, demean or diminish immigrants. We were just having some fun with Bob. Um, with that said, a couple of people went a little too far, I think, in terms of their criticism. To accuse us of engaging in hate speech is just ignorant. Um, you obviously don't know what hate speech is. It's obviously never been hurled at you. You've obviously never been called a faggot. Um, you've obviously never been beaten up for being who you are. And if you had experienced any of those things, you would know what the definition of hate speech is. If it, you know, it, it just it was it was quite extreme. There was obviously nothing hateful in what we were saying no. last week. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, there's never been any part of my of my website, my podcast, my discussion boards 
that uh, has ever allowed any kind of hate speech. And so I would suggest that really and truly, before you start flipping that, uh, that phrase around, you might want to, I don't know, know what the hell you're talking about first. So, Can I do a housekeeping? Sure. Before we go any further, please understand that everybody here is friends. No matter what is said, it's all said in jest and love and friendship and funniness. And we've been friends for a very long time. Right. right. So the stuff you're hearing is intentional. No one is here to hurt anybody. Right. I'm done. And, and keep them, you know, also it, it's important, I think, for everyone to keep in mind that um, while, you know, our, our banter and our interaction may at times seem like it's shtick, it really isn't. This is how we talk to each other when the microphones <laughs> are in here. It doesn't matter if the um, mic's on or not. The, differ- the only difference in the podcast is that, I mean, we are, we are six adults sitting around this table, and sometimes our sense of humor tends to tack a little bit to the to the dark side <laughs> and we have to watch our and language i'm not apologizing for that no i won't apologize no. for it either um but you know and a lot of things that i find funny a lot of things that i would find funny on television would be nowhere near appropriate mm-hmm. for this so sometimes i mean that's one of the reasons i add it sometimes you know like i said we're six adults and our conversations can get a little uh you know i pick on you guys like i pick on my brothers yeah and y'all give it to me like they would exactly <laughs> right connie selica but all done with all done with love all done yeah. with love we're all friends and Someone yeah. posted on the board that they thought she was going to look like Connie Selica, and they saw her picture, and they didn't. She does. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Connie, it's, it's a compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment. So, and uh, w- one other thing I do want to mention, just on a completely different note, you guys know that next week is the one-year anniversary of our roundtable. Oh, what's what's the actual date? The actual date, I believe, is the twenty-fifth. Is the oh, uh, wow. is the date we did it last year? Uh, the actual roundtable, not the beginning of the podcast. Correct? No, the roundtable, because I think the uh, the first podcast went up June 7th when we were doing with Nancy and Gordon. Yeah, and then, and they, then went it was, they went on vacation the end of July last year, and that's when we, we used the come up with the roundtable as filler for a couple of mm-hmm. weeks, and then... Which we I consider it. the real format. Yeah, I mean, this, I, is, this is that's the real anniversary. The roundtable. Speaking of anniversaries, anniversary, happy oh, yeah. anniversary! Oh, right. I've been married to Corey for three glorious years. Corey I have Julie. candy wipes if they get excited. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be anniversary <laughs> all over the place. Get the <laughs> hose. Anti- <laughs> antibacterial wipes. <laughs> Corey looks like Robin Hood or. Somebody with, with his hat like that. I know. Like that, yeah. Well, I had to. It's a little Bing Crosby too. Had I fold my hat. One of those little. On. Yeah, it is a little. It is a little Crosby. <laughs> one of those little feathers in his. He doesn't know who that oh, is yeah. either. Yeah. No. <laughs> and it, he'd be there. <laughs> the witch doesn't know who Connie Selica is. <laughs> the witch. Me. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't born when Connie Selica <laughs> was famous. Uh, Her Kevin's familiar, just jealous because you're making him feel old. I don't know who Connie Selica is. If you can tell me something she played in. Never mind. Do you ever watch, <laughs> ever watch old love boats? Connie Selica was on, whatchamacallit? Um, was she on like one of those Dallas? or? No, no she was on, um, it was like Magnum P.I. or something. Oh, she I used to watch Magnum P.I.? She was on one of those shows. That was one of my favorite shows. P.I. I love Tom Selleck. He loves you too. <laughs> That's All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on now. Let's go ahead and uh, do the news uh, this week. We'll start with the number three story. Disney and Microsoft have inked a deal that will allow Disney films to be downloaded directly to your Xbox 360 game console. The deal will give Disney access to the estimated 7 million Xbox 360 users in the U.S. This is just the latest in a series of tech-savvy decisions that Disney has been making since Bob Iger took over the company in 2005. 
Disney was the first major movie studio to begin selling feature films on Apple's iTunes service. That deal, an extension of Disney's close relationship with Apple CEO Steve Jobs, who also has a seat on Disney's board of directors. Disney was also the first major television network to offer full episodes online of their most popular TV series. And Wall Street seems to think that Disney is making some good choices these days. Disney stock is up 17% in just the last year. And most analysts credit the increase in part due to Disney's aggressive technology campaign. So um, I had checked it out on my 360, and they've got uh, mostly, or I think it's almost all animated features right now, but they're yeah. adding, they're going to be adding more and more. It kind of um, goes along with, to me, not to sound sappy or anything, but this is a decision Walt would have made. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. They credit Walt with pretty much creating pop culture, if you, re- if you read the new Walt Disney biography. And he would have thought this was this was something he would have done. This is a step in the right direction. Now, what a, they're doing technology-wise, uh, uh, so many of the decisions they've made in the last couple of years, I think, have been phenomenal. Right. I and, think that, that the thing with selling stuff on Apple or on iTunes, I think it's just great. It gives a whole new generation of people and new technologies a, a chance to... I'm lost in the middle of this. Well, one of the things, one, one of the things from, a business, from a business standpoint... One of the things that I think is brilliant about this is that uh, Microsoft, uh, the Xbox 360 right now, for the most part, um, is kind of a hardcore gamer console. Um, but what Microsoft is trying to do is add more content that would be appealing to you know, older adults, tweens, young kids, uh, because Nintendo is having magnificent success with their Wii console. Mm. Um, in the, in those in those demographics, so by striking this deal with Disney, um, I think they're making it more appealing for other other markets outside of the twenty three year old hardcore, you know, Halo three player. Did um, they mention in your article? Did you read what the price was going to be for these movies? What they're going to charge? Um, the prices are running. Um, I believe it's about fourteen ninety nine for the download. Um, what's really cool, though, is that they have most of these. Most of the animated movies are available in both standard definition and high definition. Wow! Um, so you can download um, a higher definition version of them. Most any any uh, any of the movies that because they have a pretty good selection of movies on the Xbox 360 to download. It's a really good service. The way that, the way it works. It's about the same price on iTunes. And you can also uh, rent, but you can also rent for like four ninety nine. You can rent a movie for you know a few days. Um, so it's it, they've got some cool stuff. So it's, do you get a D, DVD or something no, that comes? No, nope, it just downloads. Uh, there's a uh, the Xbox 360 has a hard drive built into it, and they, so it's just downloaded right to your hard drive. And then there's can you an burn expiration feature. From that? What's that? Can you burn that no. to it? No. So no, if, that's just if something happens to that, it's gone. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sure if you have a recordable DVD and there must be an output on the, there's no audio mm, video output on the Xbox. Well, I mean there is, but I. It's not really designed. You're not buying this to burn it to a DVD. Well, we have a TiVo, and they're they're now broadcasting things like, for instance, we watch Bill Maher, and you we have a recordable DVD player, and you can't record Bill Maher. You couldn't rela- record the last uh, season of The Sopranos either. There's a digital blocked. rights management that right. they're in, embedding in this stuff. Huh. Yeah, I use Media Center too on one of my computers, and Media Center won't record certain things if hmm. it's. Uh, if it if it's uh, DRM managed, so, hmm. but uh, I think it's you know I, overall I just think these decisions that Disney is making is just it, it's been has been brilliant. It's been brilliant, and they're 
You see them out there when the rest of these movie studios are like, oh, I don't know. Do we want to do iTunes? Yeah. Do we want to do any of this stuff? They're positioning themselves for They've been real the aggressive. Future. Yeah. They've been real aggressive. Well, Disney learned years ago that part of their um, uh, part of their worth is built into these old movies. They kept them in the vault for so long, and they didn't do anything with them. Mm. And then Eisner came along and said, why aren't we selling these movies? Yeah, made a fortune. They did. They brought that, one of the reasons why the company came back was because he sold it on VHS, and then he sold it on DVD, and then he released the Super Platinum version, and... You know, all these extras. And we own all of them. We do. We're yeah, well, the Saps who bought every single well, well, one that came out. What they do is they would release them for a limited time, mm-hmm. put them back in the vault, right. leave them there for a couple of years, re-release them again as a platinum edition. And so what you have is you have Disney fans that are buying five copies of Little Mermaid right. over the course of six years. You've got a new, it, you have a new platform now to get the same movie. I think it's brilliant. It's funny you should say that. We were rearranging. We bought a new piece of furniture the other day, and that involves our television. So we had to move some stuff around. And in the moving, we found four copies of The Little Mermaid on we DVD. Did. <laughs> oh, sad. my God. That's sad. <laughs> and I don't think it was that we went out and bought four at one time. It was like, oh, look, this is on sale. Do we have this? I'm not sure if we have it or not. Buy it again. You can give one to me. <laughs> can have one, absolutely. All right, our number two story this week. Disney has secured a new sponsor for its yearly PGA Tour, and just in time as the event was in danger of being scrapped after this year's tournament if a new sponsor had not been found. While there is no official announcement yet as to who the new sponsor will be, CBS News is reporting that Disney is in the final stages of ironing out the details of the agreement. The current sponsor, Japanese electronics manufacturer Funai, declined to renew its contract after the 2006 tournament. The market for corporate sponsorships of some PGA tournaments is getting more difficult in recent years. With none of the fall tournaments being carried on network television, sponsors are less inclined to spend the money. It's expected that a formal announcement on the new sponsorship deal will be coming sometime in the next few weeks. Eventually, golf will be no more. So no more Funai Classic. <laughs> no more Funai no, Classic. Something well, else. National Car Rent, I mean, they've had a lot of problems in recent years. I mean, it had been National Car Rental for a while. And then they went bankrupt, uh, apparently. They went into reorganization before their contract had expired. So then Funai stepped in and took over. And um, But yeah, like I said, you know, like the article had said that, you know, if it's not being ca- – if these, if these tournaments aren't being carried where a lot of people can see them, it just isn't worth it I for think the Coke, advertisers. I think Coke should sponsor it. Call it Coke Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, 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 Coca-Cola classic. Well, I was thinking Affleck classic. I like that. Affleck, yeah. <laughs> that might be good. Uh, here's one other thing. The Coke the, classic. The tournament. classic. <laughs> Coca Cola classic. <laughs> I apologize. That's okay. the The tournament in October. There's a new way they go about. Uh, there's a point thing and the point leader at the end of the year, and some of the tournaments are are more are stronger and you get your better golfers at them, and it's starting to get to that uh, Fune or whatever they call it, classic wasn't drawing everybody and tiger woods would sit there and uh decide at the last minute whether he was going to play or not and they couldn't advertise it this so. is as boring as watching golf <laughs> hearing you talk about it <laughs> okay but anyway but that that's some me. of the reasons that they're they're not seeing the numbers and the the uh tvs you're falling asleep because no, tiger's iffy yeah uh, but what because tiger's iffy that's why people don't come yeah because uh, i'm not Tiger's a big draw, and if they can't adver- if, if Tiger's not deciding until the last minute whether or not he's going to play, nobody's. They can't him. advertise yeah. it, so they can't use him really to draw that draw those crowns. And they may skip a tournament to go to this uh, uh, playoff thing to mm-hmm. win millions of dollars, uh, but 
you know, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, just to add something, Peter, the uh, there was a. Uh, oh my. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I had something. It had something to do with a uh, one of the soccer teams in the UK. He had a brain fart. He had yeah, that's it. Brain brain. Cr- they're going to be in the golf tournament. <laughs> they're not going to be in the golf tournament, but they they just signed a deal with Disney to to play. Uh, or to be a sponsor of Disney World, and they're going to hey, be coming why, to... Why are you two cracking up? Julie, Julie said he had a brain fart, and Bob said, yeah, I have a, had a brain cramp. <laughs> I said cramp. Oh, I thought you said cramp. <laughs> I said, no, I didn't say cramp. His brain just went... Isn't that, what, isn't that what would normally follow the brain fart? <laughs> you know you're getting old. Oh, man. You think you just have a brain fart. <laughs> no, I think, I think we might be offending uh, people with uh, chronic gas syndrome. <laughs> oh, God. Just isn't right. I think we should have the Diz Unplugged Classic. Let's sponsor it. Come on. Oh yeah. Apparently it's cheap at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It's on sale. No one else wants it. Tiger Woods wins a T-shirt. And our number one story this week: It would appear that the battle that Disneyland has been waging with the Anaheim City Council over zoning to create low-income housing in the area has now turned into a full-fledged war. Now, if you haven't been following along on this story, I'll try and give you a quick overview. Uh, developers in the Anaheim area are interested in building residential par- property in an area right near Disneyland. The project calls for 1,500 apartments and condos, including 225 low-cost housing units, which Disney is opposed to, mainly because, according to Disney, they feel that adding 8,000 residents to an area that's designed mainly for tourism would have a negative impact on the tourism industry. Disney prefers that the 26 acres under dispute be used to build an upscale condo hotel uh, the dispute over the issue has been going on for months, with Disney going so far at one point as to file suit against the city of Anaheim to try and block the project from going forward. Eventually, Disney secured enough signatures from local resident, residents in Anaheim to force the issue into a ballot measure. In short, the voters will decide whether or not residential projects like this one can be undertaken. Now, I stress the word residential because Disney's development plans would not be subject to voter approval. Under this, under under Disney's under Disney's suggested plan, everything else would be, but not Disney. And so, in response to that, local businesses and some Anaheim residents have put an init- forward an initiative of their own that would basically force Disney to seek a voter approval before building anything. I think this whole battle that they've waged over this housing issue is backfiring on them. And if the if the if the end result is that let's say you know the voters end up blocking the residential project, but the end result may end up, may end up being that Disney also now has to put up a ballot initiative when it wants to add a third theme park. That's something they've been planning on doing for a while. And when when you get into ballot initiatives, who know anything can happen. Exactly. And but you've got, they've 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 apparently generated quite a bit of bad will with local businesses and some residents. And what you're going to have is an organized campaign every time they want to do something to vote down the uh, vote down the measure. It makes Disney look like a bully. Mm-hmm. It re- this really has this really has made them look like a bully. And you know, here's the thing, though. I mean, I've 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 worked not. I mean, not at the highest levels of Disneyland's management, but I've worked with some of the people who work out in Disneyland. We I, I know some of them. You never wanted to meet more professional, nicer, more dedicated people. Than, than the ones that I've met anyway that work out there. They're very dedicated to Disneyland. They're very dedicated to Walt's legacy. You see that a lot more out in California than you do here. 
And I understand that they have a business to run and business decisions like this, but this is really making them look bad. Well, Anaheim is very residential. I mean, other than... It has a residential component. Right. I mean, there's parts of it that are very residential. I mean, there's a tourist corridor. We have that here in Orlando. But there's, it's surrounded by residential property. Right. I, mean, I think the problem here, though, is that this would be literally in their backyard. And this is low income. I mean, low income does nothing positive for real estate value. Well, it's, it's, a, it's partial low. Of the 1,500 units that they're building, 225 would be low income. But it does mm-hmm. help the, the municipality or the city itself. I mean, they get t- uh, federal dollars and they get tax credits and things like that. But I understand what they're saying about tourists not wanting to stay in the middle of low income housing, too. I mean, did, you, did you see the um, Daily Show where they took this topic on and they made fun of it? What they did is they actually showed a map of where Disney was and where this proposed housing was. And I got to tell you, it looked like it was nowhere near Disney. It's yeah. on the other side of the, the five. Right. So they're saying it's in their backyard, but it's not really oh, in their you backyard. Know, and I, honestly, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I don't live out there. I'm not out there often enough, I think, to make a really informed, uh, have an informed opinion on it. But I, all, I, all I can say is that they are definitely, definitely not coming out of this looking no. good. Yeah. They're definitely not coming out of this looking good. And I think that some of the housing is going to go to Disney employees. It's going to make it easier for people who work at the parks who make minimum wage or a yeah. little bit more to afford to live in an area where they can commute easily. We have a similar thing going on here in, in Orlando, International Drive. There was a uh, Skull Kingdom, Skull Kingdom a, an attraction, I guess you would call it, called Skull Kingdom. It's being turned into low and moderate income housing. On iDrive? On iDrive, right? That is weird. That little corner? That little corner. Who would want to live on that street? And it's geared specifically towards the people who work in the resort areas of iDrive. And it's saying this, we're going to supply you now with affordable housing and transportation to your jobs. But getting to and from work will take 20 minutes. Exactly. (laughs) As long as you don't work on the other side of the convention (laughs) center, then it's a two-day trip. (laughs) (laughs) Take a plane. Now, well, there is one other news item that I wanted to mention because this just came. Uh, I, I just got this in email from Regina. Uh, the Orlando, Orlando Sentinel is reporting that the uh, Jedi Training Academy that was going on during Star Wars weekends is now going to become a permanent attraction at MGM. Cool. Uh, That's cool. The popularity of it has been has been so good that Disney decided that it should be made into a permanent attraction. Now, the rumors are that they they may need to remove. The uh, the at at Walker that's in front of uh, uh, in front of Star, Star Tours, Tours yeah. and the Ewok Forest in order to make room for the stage the permanent stage they want to build. Um, they're going to be running approximately eight shows a day, with uh, twelve children being picked mm. in each show. I think this is great. It's a it's a little boy thing. It is. Disney's always looking for that little boy. The, this is the offset the princess thing. I, I saw a lot of little girls. I did too. Very popular, too. yeah. I, 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 please, again, I, I, this isn't right, hate no. speech. <laughs> <laughs> Don't write to Kevin. <laughs> I just think it's going to appeal more to little oh, boys. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, yeah. There's going to be little girls that do it, just like there are some little boys who like princesses. Um, some big boys who like princesses. <laughs> <laughs> Take the tiara off. <laughs> but I think it's something that's great for them. I think oh, they, speaking yeah. of princesses, yeah. uh, my, <laughs> my sister and I had a great idea. We, um, we're we're going to be going to um, take my niece, Bridget. Are you going to bibbidi-bobbidi her? Well, we, we're going to be doing the um, Pirates, uh, and, Princess Pirates and Princess Party. Oh. So what I want to do is see if I can schedule for the whatever day that Lisa picks to do it. I want to schedule uh, a bibbidi-bobbidi boutique. I want to get her like the whole the whole thing, the dress, the mm-hmm. that. 
the car and everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. everything. The coach. <laughs> the That's castle. <laughs> Not the car. <laughs> well, I had bought I bought Bridget a uh, a princess dress at Downtown Disney. It, it was over a year ago, and she can't fit into it anymore. But she still, still wears, wears it. it. She still wears it. She loves. That it. happens a lot in the park. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And, it, and I'll tell you, even though they're they're expensive, I mean, it's not cheap to buy these dresses. When you see the look right. mm-hmm. on on her face, it's like, okay, I would like 50 more of these, please. The yeah, child the should time, have a closet of nothing but. The last time I saw you and yours, John, it looked pretty tattered. Didn't, it doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> in a little that's, because he's, that's because he's been scrubbing floors. Anyway, so, <laughs> you know. I think they should add, add a character meal for the Star Wars thing, too. That could be fun for... A Star Wars character meal. Or, would be, that would yeah. be really cool. And there's that restaurant right next door where the prop shop or something. Right. That would be turn great. Where the, yeah. the stormtroopers will come and stare at you until you finish your food. Without going, <laughs> with, without going off on too much of a tangent, just while we're talking about Star Wars, um, we've seen a couple of emails come in asking us what we thought Disney's response to Universal doing something with uh, Harry Potter would be. And I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but my suggestion... If they wanted to do something with a property as popular as Harry Potter, Star Wars, get something going with George Lucas. Well, mm. Disney's new franchise is Narnia. They're gonna, they've ordered like eight episodes of Narnia. I, I agree. I see It'll the face you're making. It'll never be as big as Harry Potter. Right. I see the face you're making. I agree. It's not as popular. It's not as cool as Harry Potter. But I think that's going to be their next direction for... Oh, I hope Ride not. I, I, I think I think they should put the put the pressure on George Lucas. You mean the Star Wars hotel and everything? Well, I'm not necessarily even a Star Wars hotel as much as you know maybe having, you know, taking an area of the park and creating an entire area of the park that is themed around Star Wars with attraction, more attractions, and I agree. I think things it's a great like idea. Either that or, or Toy Story. Yeah, again, totally again, you're, you're, you're going up against Harry Potter. You're going up against yeah. one of the biggest pop culture phenomenons in history. It's not animated either. The only yeah. thing you can respond to that with is another pop culture phenomenon. And the only thing yeah. that Disney has right now that has crossover appeal among a number of age groups uh, is Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, I, in my opinion. But, you know, who knows? Maybe that's what this Academy thing is doing. Maybe it's starting that, Maybe that's testing it, the waters it, of where we're going to go. It could be. I, I, you know, I think that would be really cool. I think that's about the only thing Disney could do to counter the popularity of of, of Harry of Harry Potter. But again, you don't think they're going to have the Bridge to Terabithia training camp or whatever the hell <laughs> horrible movie was. All right, folks, that'll do it for the news this week. We're going to go ahead and move on and do rapid fire. I'm going to start this week. Wow, um, sorry, Julie. Julie, you got beat on your anniversary. I really can't argue with the boss. He jumped. <laughs> He jumped right in front of you. Um, for those of you my age, or, well, our age for some of us here. Is that me too? Um, yeah, maybe. Eddie Money. <laughs> Eddie Money. You know who that is? No. Okay, then no, it's up for you. Uh, Eddie Money is going to be at Velvet Sessions July 26th at the Hard Rock, uh, the Hard Rock Hotel. Uh, we've talked about this a few times. This is a kind of uh, a really cool VIP party they run. They set up, they, they convert the, the lobby of the Hard Rock. They put a stage up. Um, they have uh, complimentary cocktails from 6.30 to 8.30, cash bar um, uh, after 8.30. 8.30 is when the uh, the concert starts. usually runs about an hour, an hour and a half. It's uh, $25 a person. Everybody's got to be 21 or older to attend. And that's uh, the last Thursday of every month. They always have a uh, – they always have somebody from like the, the 80s, 70s, 80s 
And people anyone, do. Yeah, go ahead. Did Eddie, Eddie Money have more than one hit song? I mean, well, I only I know, know has, one. The one with Ronnie Spector. Well, yeah, I, I love a, I, um, I love a rainy night. Oh, I forgot about um, that. Take me home tonight. Something else with night in home. it. Yeah, I love all those songs. <laughs> so I actually did check that out. I think Diana and I may go. If you're going, you know, if you do go to Velvet Sessions, people do dress up over there, not like in a suit or tux or anything like that, but you wear nice slacks, this is, nice shirt. It's a this is a I, I'd say about eighty percent of who's there is local or lo- local folks, and this is kind of like a um, an upscale yuppie thing to do, and so yeah, that the dress is you know kind of like you know nice club club wear, right. Um, nice slacks, nice shirts. It's People are dressed well. Tire, no, yeah. this is definitely not flip flops and shorts. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's but it's a really cool. It's a really really cool uh, event. It's a lot of fun, um, and the Hard Rock is just a really beautiful place to hang out. So um, that's my rapid fire. Who would like to go next? Which way am I going? I'm going to go, Bob. I'm going to go. Okay. Uh, Disney released their January hour, January hours for Walt Disney World, and no, they didn't. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. Okay. Anyway, uh, I just I have like a capsule form of January hours, and uh, just so you know, Magic Kingdom most days they're open nine to eight during January. Epcot's normal, uh, Future World nine to seven. World Showcase eleven to nine. MGM nine to seven for most days. Don't rattle off the hours. Okay. It's nobody's going to be getting that. Just you know, we have them on the site. Okay. Okay, three, two, one. Pete, I got have January hours uh, were released and they're up on our site. And we'll have a link for them this uh, this podcast and uh, anything unusual in the hours? Just the uh, no, uh, not really. Uh, this uh, Spectro Magic is limited shows, mostly Thursday, Saturdays, and Mondays during the during the month. Really, Mondays. Yeah, for some days, uh, for the first part of the month, and then, like the twentieth, it, it's on Sunday and Tuesday instead of uh, s- Saturday and Monday. And I think that's the interesting. Tw- Twenty. I'm looking at the hours, and I'm I'm thinking that if they come back with the pirates and princess thing, I'm looking at they they did uh, the twenty first and twenty sixth. Possibly those could be dates in January for, for pirates, and, pirates princess. and princess. The other noted thing is. Um, Blizzard Beach is open from the 1st to the 6th, and then it goes into rehab on the 7th uh, of January. And then uh, Typhoon Lagoon uh, is in rehab for the beginning of the month, and that opens back up on the 7th. So that's my rapid fire. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Varley. Mrs. Martin. Um, I have Campfire on the Bayou. <laughs> it's at Port Orleans Riverside. It takes place October through February on Sunday and Thursday evenings from 6.30 to 8 p.m. They have storytelling and sing-alongs all around the campfire, which takes place behind the fishing hole. You can purchase more kits for five twenty-five, but also remember that this can be canceled if the weather's bad. So, Okay, coming from Louisiana. Oh, shad, Bobby Boucher. Do, do, <laughs> have, have you ever seen a fishing hole? Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. What is it? It's, it's like a, a place where you go fishing. Just a hole with... No, fishing? a pond can be a fishing hole. Uh, it's not like a like you drill a hole in the ground. And you're like, ah, here's my fishing hole. I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. We're very literal. Um, <laughs> we drill a hole in the ground. We go to the fish store. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I know my grandfather. He has spots, his fishing spots. You know, so he like goes to the gravel pit or to the hmm. creek or. Retention. So, so like a statement like "Grandpa's down at the fishing hole" yeah. was something you would say. Yeah, I wouldn't say hole probably. 
Like retention pond. I'm saying it's at the pond. Or the gravel pit. Yeah. Or the gravel pit. <laughs> do you know what a gravel pit is? I do. It's a pit that has Julie's a lot of gravel. Family in it. actually owns a gravel pit yeah. in Louisiana. It used to. I mean, I mean, they still have some, but it used to produce a lot. I used to of what I gravel? Have, of gravel <laughs> to make concrete. They just pump like it that. out of the ground. That's why you have these pits that are like endless, like, the Beverly like hundreds of feet deep, except not oil. <laughs> <laughs> That's our fishing hole. Yeah, that is our fishing hole. Well, yeah, so. how do fish get into the gravel pits? Is it stocked? Um, no. Sometimes my parents would bring fish, but it stocked uh, itself because second. it's connected gra- to, wait, this gravel it's close pit? to a river. Gravel pit oh. is like a lake? Well, it became uh-huh, a lake. basically. Because oh. once they dig <laughs> it all out. It, once it, you it, pump all the gravel out, it forms like a great big hole. Once, once you get down uh, past the water Like hundreds level. of feet deep. Like gotcha. there's no possible way that you could get to the bottom. Well, my point was if you just dig this hole, there's not fish in it. No. Somehow no. the fish get there and there's a stream. Yes. It's the well, same thing as here in Florida. You'll see a dried up old ditch and we get a heavy rain and the next thing you know there's somebody out there fishing yeah, in, I love you know? that. <laughs> fishing in the retention yeah, they, ponds the retent- by the side of the road yeah, yeah. yeah lovely dinner they're gonna have <laughs> so anyway anyway you two are fascinating you really are we need to bring you all to louisiana you're like from a different planet <laughs> <laughs> the planet of well, louisiana <laughs> no we did grow up in a totally different way that you guys can't comprehend you just like i can't comprehend being in the city my whole life or not ever having seen a cow or a horse or, you know. See them. First time I met I saw horses growing up. The, the, I mean, the riot police Mr. were Ed? riding them. But <laughs> Aqueduct has some? Yeah. <laughs> There's horses in my uncle's bed. Horses' heads in my uncle's bed. The first time I met Julie's mom, she tried to make me milk a cow. I was, like, dressed to impress. I had Kenneth Cole shoes on, you know, with dodging cow patties and... She made me milk a cow. That was, that was It was fun. quite fun. That was the last time I milked a cow. But anyway, on to my rapid fire. I have a few um, rehabs. Bob already touched on the water parks. The um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is going to be closed from October 1st through the 24th. And that's a, that's a month-long Sorry, race. people vacationing in October. Yeah. yeah. Also, Old Canada is going to be closed for four days. They are they're redoing their Circle Vision 360 presentation. About fifty percent of that's going to be. They're going to make it interesting. Well, they are. They're actually <laughs> adding some. Uh, <laughs> they're filming another part of the world. <laughs> they should go to Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> they're actually adding some star power to it. They, um, the two thousand six Canadian Idol winner, um, Eva, Eva Avila, oh. and Martin Short too. Martin oh. Short's going to be the host. Okay. Martin uh, Short and Murray and Celine Dion. So they're going to add some comedy to Paul it. Schaefer. That should be pretty neat. Please don't write to us. I've never. Yeah. <laughs> we love people from Canada. I love Canadians. <laughs> don't forget Louisianians. Kevin's engaging in hate speech against Canadians. <laughs> I didn't. No, I wasn't. Well, one of the largest markets we have is Canadians. That's one of them. So. I, they're interesting. Their movie's <laughs> dull as dirt. <laughs> yes, that Canada Pavilion needs to And the song makes your ears bleed. Well, they're changing it that. So how's it go, Kevin? I'm not doing it. Forget it. Old no. no, I don't know. <laughs> Call Disney Dining. It's their whole music. And also the um, the Soarin' Q. I don't know if y'all uh, they, they've added some interactive things for the long wait for the, for the guests waiting in line. It's almost like a little Nintendo Wii. They have these big screen TVs with this new technology, and yeah, it was over it, there. And it's supposed to make the the standby line a little bit more entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's become very popular. Actually, people are so into the video screen and interacting with it, they forget about moving up in the line. So yeah, I was just going to say, that could also be really annoying. Yeah. Um, but for a 75-minute wait, at least you have something to do. I can't, I can't stand waiting in a, in a queue, and there's just nothing to do. Yeah, they had. I, I actually went over there to see what was going on, and I, I shot a little video. I, hopefully, we might be able to get it up. 
soon. But it's uh, p- the big screens that had the pictures along the wall there. They made them into an interactive thing. And four, so is this I think four new were since we were there? Yeah. But we went through FastPass, so oh, we, yeah, didn't, we didn't sure. see it. This is for the yeah. standby line. And they, they recently added this, so it was like a... It's, I watched them, cool. and you know, a bunch of people were jumping up and down, and the other people were looking at them and saying, "What the heck are you doing, jumping up and down?" So, that's that. Kevin. Great, thank you, Corey. Uh, my rapid fire is that some of the tips and tricks about getting a great ADR that we've been talking about in the past are now up on the Diz. There's ten. Um, do you want me to tell you what they are? Uh, like paraphrase them. Sure. All right. The first one is be flexible in your dining time. Busy hours are 12 to 2 for lunch and uh, 6 to 8 for dinner. If you're willing to work outside those hours, you'll have, probably have better luck. Be aware of special events in the restaurant of your choice. Getting a window seat for the California Grill is going to be difficult during uh, wishes. Be practical when booking your family's reservation. Uh, breakfast, A late breakfast can serve as your big meal of the day. Have like a breakfast, lunch, brunch kind of thing or a late lunch. You'll be get the cheaper lunch prices and not have to deal with the dinner rush. Be prepared to split large parties. The large tables are sometimes scarce. Be aware that Disney dining reservations is flawed. We've talked about this and the tables for two. Just ask for a table for three. Just be persistent. Ask them to see if there's any tables available for any size. Keep in mind that certain dining times of the year are much more crowded than others. Uh, Getting a week... uh, uh, table in January, the second week of January is a lot easier than getting the week between Christmas and New Year. You're allowed to book your reservations 180 days from the date of your, the date you wish to dine. If you're a Disney resort guest, you get 180 days plus 10. And the re- reason they do that is they don't want people who are staying on property to have to call Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever their 180 day is. So they get 10 extra days. So keep track of that. Christmas reservations are few and far between at this point because the 180-day mark has passed. Uh, Be persistent. Call back. Uh, Most people have to pay for their reservation 45 days prior to arrival, so you'll get a lot of people dropping out. Keep keep trying. You'll probably get what you're looking for. Be polite. Cancel your unwanted reservations. And don't make duplicate reservations. That's just rude and tacky, and don't do it. Don't assume you won't get what you want. Number nine is try. You never know. Call up and ask. Call Disney Dining and ask. We got a last-minute reservation for eight. And number 10 is, if all else fails, walk up to the podium. There might be a no-show at the time you're looking for. The other nice thing to remember is if it rains, a lot of people leave the park. So people who had ADRs just don't show up. So if you're there in a rain and couldn't get a reservation, try the restaurant. You might find that it's empty. Beg. Beg for ADR. So those are not listed on the Diz. Great. Um, I hope they help. We'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you very much, Kevin. John. Very cool. Um, A couple of uh, points of interest for Disneyland. The hotel, the towers for the Disneyland Hotel have been renamed. Uh, Effective August 13th, 2007, the Marina Tower will become the Magic Tower. The Sierra Tower will become the Dreams Tower. And the Bonita Tower will become the Wonder Tower. So do you think these are going to coincide with ship names for the Disney Cruise Line? It's interesting. Yeah. They have the magic and the wonder. Now they're in the Dreams Tower. Maybe I think, I think they're one of those Well, that's that the rumor like, we've heard that, that that the third ship was going to be called the Dreams. Disney Dreams. It makes sense. It does make Disney sense. Dreams, sure. Why not? I'm one of those people who likes the history. And there's a whole book on the, the Disneyland Hotel. I just like the old names better. You know, when he was saying the rename, I like the old names, too. I like 
Sierra and Bonita. Bonita. That was the name of the woman who of the that was the name of the wife of the man who developed the Disneyland Hotel. Her oh, name see, was that's nice. Bonita Granville. The restaurant in the Disneyland Hotel is named Granville's, and Bonita was her first name. Oh, interesting. interesting. Um, speaking of Disney Cruise Line, effective immediately, the family reunion package has has been extended into 2008. This is a package you can add to your Disney Cruise Line vacation for your families who are traveling together. There's going to be a slight increase for 2008 sailings. Basically, once you get on board, you're going to get a personalized Disney Cruise Line family reunion T-shirt, one per person. There'll be a leather photo portfolio with a complimentary 8x10 photo, one per stateroom. And there's a commemorative Disney Cruise Line family reunion certificate, one per person. Um, You're looking at $49 per person for the first and second passengers for 2007. $59 $59 per person for the first and second passengers for 2008 and $19 per person for the additional guests in the stateroom. And this is um, in addition to your cruise fare. That's pricey. For a photo and a t-shirt. and a That's $150 for a family of four. For four four yeah. t-shirts and a picture. Well, photos, 20 bucks. Just one, right? Uh, and you're paying 25 or $30 a t-shirt. I think that's expensive. It is. It's pricey. Some people like it. Because it sounded fun until I heard the price. That's Disney. (laughs) That's Disney. All right, that'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. All right, with that, we're going to move on. And Kevin has a review of Whispering Canyon Cafe at the Wilderness Lodge. And I understand you may not have been overly pleased. You should whisper. With this experience. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. I understand that Whispering Canyon Cafe is one of those restaurants like Ohana that people absolutely adore. And I, I have to say, I think those people are guilty. I think the people who adore places like Whispering Canyon and uh, Ohana are guilty of allowing Disney to get away with crap. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had dinner there the other night. There were four of us. Um, the Whispering Canyon Cafe is a stunning setting. However, it's not enough to charge high prices to eat subpar food in a nice setting. And I think if you're willing to pay that, you're guilty of allowing Disney to get away with something. I don't think anyone should pay these prices for the food that they're serving. We went, uh, we had a 7 o'clock reservation, and we tested them. We showed up at 6 o'clock. And said, we're an hour early. Is there anything you can do for us? They were very accommodating. I have to say, in all of the restaurants that we usually eat in, most of the people are very accommodating Mm -hmm. to people who, like us, show up early, show up late. So I have no complaint there. The cast members were spectacular that we dealt with. The four of us, one of us was in a wheelchair. And there is handicapped accessibility to, uh, as Whispering Canyon's up three or four steps, the problem is the handicapped uh, ramp is blocked by a table, and it's where they put the folding tables to store them as there's a You're bus kidding. station. No, we had to move them. Yeah. And we actually used it a couple times to use the restroom, and every time I moved them, someone put them back. We had to make people stand up and move so that if someone's coming up in a wheelchair... They had to move the folding table. You know the folding tables I'm talking about that people set their trays on while they're serving? Yes. Those are stored in front of the handicapped accessible ramp. Oh, my. I hold Disney responsible for that, too. You've got to move that table and those things. That's that's the law. That's not Kevin talking. 
uh, the four of us, we went in with an open mind. Uh, I haven't eaten at the Whispering Canyon Cafe in many years, and now I remember why. <laughs> I also hear the, the dialogue or the, the posts on the board where people say, my kids loved it. Uh, it's entertaining for kids. Anybody who gets to stand in the middle of a restaurant and scream when you're nine is great fun, I imagine. However, you don't have to pay $25 to do that. Let them go outside and scream. Uh, this is, it's ridiculous. The four of us, we went in and we started with a uh, Southwestern chicken soup. Can't say anything bad about it. It was a cream of chicken soup with a couple of tortilla strips on top of it, a little bit of spice to it, but it was tasty. It was actually very good. John ordered something called the cheese and sausage plate. It was laughable. Oh, it sounds good. It doesn't it? Let me read the description to you. Cheddar cheese and sliced pork sausage crackers and barbecue dipping sauce. I'll take one of those. Yeah. It was a sausage cut in four pieces, some Kraft Colby cheese, and four, I'm not exaggerating, four Cars water crackers and jarred barbecue sauce for $8. I'm going to guess... There was, what would you say, three ounces of food? There was eight pieces of quarter-inch cubed cheddar cheese on my plate. It was it was sad. The two, what and, it was. and then they had sprinkled everything with paprika. So there was a pickle slice on the... It was orange. I said to him, there's something wrong with your pickle. He said... <laughs> he said <laughs> That's another discussion. <laughs> he wiped it off with his napkin, and it was fine. He says, it's just paprika. Paprika. Who puts paprika on pickles? Uh, That's hate speech against paprika. <laughs> it is. And the people who produce paprika. Yes. I don't even know who those people are, but I hate them. Paprikans. Um. <laughs> hate speech. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> we ordered a... Um, oh, wait. Hang on. I'll find it. A roast chicken. We ordered a 12-ounce smoked prime rib, and we ordered two of the Canyon Skillet All-You-Care-To-Enjoy entrees they brought out john's uh prime rib and how much of the prime rib would you say was edible 40 percent was edible it was 60 really? percent oh, no. fat so you know prime rib has uh is a fatty piece of meat but they they need to cut a lot of the fat we're off not talking that it was a ounces. marbled no, 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 it wasn't we're talking there was a chunk of fat in the middle <laughs> that was absolutely repulsive yeah. to look at yeah, we ordered a the roast chicken, and I'm sorry, we have a Publix right up the street from us where you can get fried chicken that is absolutely out of this out world. of this world. Publix fried chicken is the best fried and, chicken I've ever or tasted. Or the rotisserie chicken and I, the rotisserie chicken. Right. I could hammer nails with this chicken. No, it, it had been roasted since like 1980. <laughs> it was roasted the last time Don Rickles was roasted. <laughs> That's right. Did the prime rib taste okay? It was horrible. Really? It was was really... Do you know what he said the best part of his meal was? The end. No, the little um, horseradish sauce. Oh, okay. Anything that was edible on the table, we actually... The cornbread, they bring out cornbread when you first start. We dip the cornbread in the horseradish sauce. We were really... Let me put it this way. After Whispering Canyon, after we were done, and dinner was $115, we went to Earl's Sandwich and had dinner. Oh. Oh. We got the Canyon Skillet. My dad and I got that. And that comes with a uh, mixed green salad, fresh break cornbread, mashed potatoes, coleslaw, cowboy beans, seasonal vegetables, smoked ribs, pulled pork, oven roasted chicken, and peel and eat shrimp. The peel and eat shrimp are the same shrimp they're serving at Ohana 
<laughs> and someone needs to know that you don't have to start those early in the morning. Shrimp cook in about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a new, ob- that's a new addition to the skillet. Yeah, the object is not to turn them into pencil erasers. Yeah, no, I know. They're supposed to be kind of still moist. We got six, for two of us, we got six uh, ribs that were charcoal black. We got the chicken, the dry roasted chicken. Uh, and then we got the pulled pork. And I pulled it out, and they had cut the fat off the pork and laid it in the bottom of the, the skillet. And I pulled it out with the tongs, and our waitress came over, and I said to her, you really need to replace this. And she said, what is it? I have, this happens to me a lot. I said, this is my pulled pork. And her exact response, well, that's really embarrassing. Yeah. Mm. And I thought, yeah, it is. And it was just a piece. It wasn't pulled. It was, it was fat. It was, like, there was no pork. It was like a beanie of fat. Oh, I my. Hate it fat. was absolutely God, vile. You know, this is $22.49 a person. Now, I understand that there's theming that goes on around this because the big thing is that somebody at the other end of the restaurant screams, who's got ketchup? And the kids all run around the restaurant with the bottles of yeah. ketchup. That's really great. There's a lot at Disney World. There's a lot of things you can do with your kids that don't involve this, and you can still get decent food. The other thing is there was sort of a carelessness, and I guess that's built in. Uh, When they brought our drinks, apparently they're supposed to be so busy involved in this whatever chuck roast thing they're doing that they kind of throw the straws on the table. She threw ours off the table, (laughs) and we just sort of looked at her, and she went, sorry, get them. And I thought... Yeah, the shtick uh, is. You know, the shtick is. The I shtick. can understand if it's involved or that you're really doing it well or that you're following through. It, it came across as snotty. Yeah. They should at least I, land on the I table. Have to, I have to right. say, Kevin, I've gone to this restaurant several times and we used to enjoy it uh, when we used to come down here. And uh, it's either people love it or they hate it. Well, I, I don't I, hate it. I'm not, I'm not saying. You know, now you're you're talking the food quality. I mean, the food quality used to be good, but it used to be would sit there and watch other people. And if you don't know it's coming, that the shtick just doesn't stick. I'm, but we went in with an open mind, oh, knowing that what we were doing. I'm talking basically about the food quality. Yeah. If you want to go and you know have them scream and hoot and holler. Great. I think that's great. Yeah. Just like I think I told you before, if you're looking for the entertainment value of Ohana, great. There are other ways to be entertained yeah. and still get decent food. This was $115 that we could, should have just left on a table in the middle of the restaurant. Yep. And we would have gotten the same value out of it. No one ate. We paid $115 for cornbread and um, horseradish. horseradish dressing. I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not arguing about the, I'm, if the food quality has gone down. That's my whole point. And I've stopped going there myself uh, because of that. But there, there used to be times that we went there and Brian was small and the the cast interacted with everybody at the table. In fact, they tied him up to a, a, a totem pole post outside. He's with still the, there. With the, with the napkins. <laughs> that because, explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. So, But, I mean, and we've had another cast member stand on one of the chairs with the arms on the thing and pour their drink into a, a glass that was on the floor which was interesting but they took all the chairs with the well you know what uh, some you know, shtick and stuff is great the shtick is there great. is absolutely no excuse i don't care how good your show is i don't care how good your shtick is i don't care how talented your, your cast is <laughs> if <laughs> if if you if the food isn't any good if you're it's serving a, garbage it's still a restaurant right, right. Oh, I, you know, I totally and, agree. And you, you, at Disney World, I think it's reasonable to ex- expect 
that the the show will be good and the food will be good. Right, right. And uh, you shouldn't have were, to choose between the two. If this was Streetmosphere players in, in MGM, I would say great. Yeah. No, I agree. If you want to sit and watch it, great. If you want to go to a restaurant and have them stand on the chair and pour soda over your head, awesome. I have no problem with that. But if you're going to charge me $115 for crap I'm going to throw away... I right. got to tell you, I think it's a waste of your time well, and money. And I agree with you. The food quality has gone down. Kevin's mom made a really good point. Someone took the time and the energy to make this food. Why didn't they make it good? Mm-hmm. It would have cost them the same amount of money and the same time to make the food taste good, look good. We had mashed potatoes that literally were mashed with water. Oh. They had no flavor. They had no texture. They were brown. And you think, how much does it cost to throw in milk and butter in mashed potatoes? And some salt. Yeah. Are you all familiar with Sunny's? If For those of people who are listening, yeah. Sunny's is a restaurant. It's a chain restaurant here in the South. And I can compare what they were trying to do at Whispering Canyon Cafe with the food that you get at Sunny's. It's oh. a southern barbecue restaurant. Sunny's is a gourmet restaurant for 10 bucks compared to what we got at Whispering Canyon. Wow. Yeah. I would and Sunny's is crap. I would. <laughs> well, know, they, but it's the same stuff. You're, they're trying but to. But it's $10. Yeah. yeah. It's $10. And it's all you can eat for the 10 right. bucks. I mean, they used to. I, I understand I, what you're sure. saying about what you know they what used to be. They're right. not anymore. Because they used to have the smokehouse out back and they'd smoke everything and they used to smoke the prime rib for the. They used uh, to have the Mickey Mouse Review in Magic Oddest, Kingdom and they don't anymore. Right, I understand that too. I mean, they used to do the Oddest Point prime rib. So but I, they're I, not I, anymore. I understand that. And I have I'm a feeling a, this is part of the dining plan. This restaurant was packed. And we watched the people around us get and sign for checks and not pay. Yep. I have a feeling I, I I have been a kind of a f- supporter of the dining plan. I've been thinking it was an okay thing. If the dining plan is dumbing down the menu and forcing them to turn out food that's inedible, then I think it needs to stop or be revamped. I absolutely agree with you. The meal that you got, you and your dad got, is an all-you-can-eat option. They'll bring you more if you want any more of anything in that thing. They'll bring you more. We literally saw people go home with three and four styrofoam things go home i assume they went back to their hotel room styrofoam containers full of this food so all you can think is that it's just because it's volume because it's there and it's volume and i can get as much as i want i paid for it and i'm taking it with me right john was your prime rib all you can eat no 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 and it was only 12 ounces right right it was a 12 ounce it was a decent sized prime rib it was just awful yeah, it was only you know, you know what place was, has great prime rib the uh, olivia's at old key west yes I've been there in a while yes we, we had that prime ribs awesome well i'm sorry you're uh your experience was so so negative, but well, I have to come back and be honest. A- I mean. Absolutely, absolutely, we wouldn't expect anything less. So, thank you, Kevin. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the review. And with that, we're going to move on to our next segment this week. And uh, as part of our ongoing Christmas in July series, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas at uh, at Disneyland out in in California, and uh, some of what goes on. Out there, John or uh, Bob has now turned on his the Christmas lights that he has strung around his yes microphone. I am Christmassy now. He is all Christmassy now. It's not Christmas in July until Bob turns on the, the I Christmas waited. lights. I was good. All right. Well, let's start out with uh, just a little overview of uh, the Christmas in California. Christmas in Disneyland is a little bit is done a little differently than it is out in uh, out in Disney World. Uh, they actually run their well, we, we, well, we don't have definite dates yet for this year, but um, if last year is any indication, we think that it's going to run from early November, around the ninth, 8th or 9th of November, to uh, into the first week of January. 
uh, for their holiday, their holiday celebrations. So first off, my my personal favorite at Disneyland is for Christmas is uh, the Haunted Mansion. Absolutely. What they do to the Haunted Mansion. Uh, it's a Nightmare Before Christmas theme that they do to it. They shut it down for a few weeks in uh, late August, early September, and uh, open it toward the end of September. And uh, it's open from you know for Halloween through through the holidays. It's really the start off of the, st- the kickoff of their decorating season. It is, and the decorations are amazing. But what they do to the inside of the Haunted <laughs> Mansion, it's like a whole different attraction. And we have know, photos on the site. When too. you mess, you know, and when you know, it's not easy to mess with a classic, a Disney no. classic like the Haunted Mansion, and to do it as well as they do it is just. You know, we were talking earlier about the kind of dedication they have to their legacy out there, how seriously they take it. And I really wish there would be a lot more of that. Uh, mindset out here. They usually have a special party there called the Haunted Mansion Holiday, and there are certain levels of tickets you can go. The most expensive ticket uh, is usually in the thousands of dollars. It's a couple thousand dollars a person, but it includes a hotel and everything. And on the list inside the Haunted Mansion for the haunted um, for the Nightmare Before Christmas, as one of those people, you get your name put on the list. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I was wondering how they did that. We have oh, friends cool. that have done it, and you get, they allow the people who are at that level of ticket to ride several times because you find your name throughout the attraction. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. Oh, that's cool. cool. That's cool. Yeah, so the... That, I think, is probably one of the most unique things. The, um, it's a small world. The way they decorate the outside, the facade of the, the attraction is I magnificent. Love, I love that. Really beautiful. I like the way they do the inside, too. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, of course, but well, the outside is just It's also important to remember so cool. that the small world experience in Disneyland is much different mm-hmm. than the small world experience you have in, in Orlando. And I know what you're saying about... The fact that they wish they would do things like that here. I don't want them to do the exact same things. That's what I'm talking about all the time. I like the fact that they have some different stuff so that you don't get the exact same experience in every park you go to. I don't like the homogenization right. of Disney. I like the fact that Disneyland has some stuff But that's take different. that idea of, of turning an attraction into the holidays. Right. You can do it here easily on... It can be done here. Exactly. That's it what I said. Be. I think it's a Disney great idea. Disney has other Christmas movies. They could use the Santa Claus here. Instead yeah. of the Nightmare Before Christmas, so yeah, there's any number of yeah. creative things they could do if they wanted to. Uh, but I, the, the small world experience at Disneyland, it's a, it's just a much it's much different. It's a much better uh, version of Small World, in my opinion, in Disneyland. Yeah, and the decorations that they do, as Julie mentioned, specifically to the outside, and you know, as you because as you get on the ride, you know, you you ride around and there's like a little lake in the front of. Small world. You get in the attraction actually outside of it. Right. My best comparison would be Clark W. Griswold's house after he puts all his Christmas lights on. Yeah, exactly. Because it is that bright, and there's so many lights. It's It's my only. It's (laughs) phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Well, the one in Disneyland is is much more similar to uh, the, the original one at the World's Fair. The small world that we have is rather nondescript. Small. What did I say? Oh, it's rather small. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you were correcting me. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a nondescript. I mean, yeah. there's a little canopy out front, but that's a that's an event when mm-hmm. you get to Disneyland. I mean, they did add the clock face that, similar to the one in Small World out in Disneyland right. here, you know. I'll tell you, though, if I could visit Disneyland every year, I would only go during the period where they're decorated for Christmas. It's a great, sure. it's a great time to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful weather. And, you know, again, we talk about the decorations and, and you know, I, I, you guys have heard me criticize Magic Kingdom in Orlando before for not decorating nearly enough. And 
if you've never been to Disneyland, you may think like, you know, well, why would he, you know, they do, they do a decent job at, 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 you know, Magic Kingdom. Why, why would he think that? Go to Disneyland. Go to the Magic Kingdom in Disneyland hmm. uh, for Christmas and t- walk around the park and then go to the Magic Kingdom in Orlando and you'll be like, oh my. There is the vast difference in size and the number of hotels and the number of parks. Well, and I'm, I'm, just talking, to I'm just talking about Magic Kingdom to Magic Kingdom. Nothing else. I'm not comparing other parks or other hotels. Magic Kingdom to Magic Kingdom. It is so tastefully and perfectly decorated in every area of Disneyland. We're out here. Like I said, they just do basically the main drag, a couple other little things, and then they rely on their you know, Christmas party, Mickey's uh, Very Merry Christmas Party, the fireworks show. That's what they rely on. Disneyland, I think, just gives you a much more immersive Christmas experience. If you want the Disney Christmas experience to be completely immersive at every turn, then... At Woody's Roundup, they have actual reindeer. They have the actual yeah. the reindeer. Uh, that uh, is a cool thing, too. You know, There's a lady in there taking care of them, and it's really cool to see. It is. It is. It's yeah. awesome. Throwing, uh, they have the uh, candlelight thing out in Disneyland, too. Well, yeah, we're going to get we're going to get to that. Um, okay. we, we have uh, next on my list of things is uh, the, their holiday fireworks, Believe. Mm-hmm. Um, that was beautiful. Was which nice. are amazing. I mean, Disney always does a great job with with fireworks, whether you're out in Disneyland or out here. I mean, that's one thing I think you can say is pretty consistent. They they, they all do pretty spectacular fireworks and um, Disneyland's Christmas fireworks, holiday fireworks are, are absolutely no different. Main Street was crazy for those fireworks because crowd control yeah. at the Magic Kingdom over there. I mean, it's it's insane. We were in a roped off area, kind of. Well, you have to, to yeah. control the crowd. It's the the only I've been afraid in Disneyland in California because of crowds. Yeah, if you're claustrophobic. Yeah, I, mean, I was actually scared. Yeah. One time, and yeah, that was over by well, yeah, the, the treehouse, over by Tarzan's treehouse or whatever it was. For the Fantasmic show, it becomes a sea of humanity. It was almost, it was scary. It is scary for Fantasmic over there. That's, it's a great show over there. I like it over the one that's here, but it's just crazy, crazy crowded. It is. It can get, it can get real, real crowded. Um, we talked about it's a small world holiday that was next on my list. Um, now Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Johnson, our. Uh, our, our resident Disneyland expert. She handles all the Disneyland content on the Diz and manages uh, manages uh, Disneyland uh, for Dreams Unlimited Travel. She has uh, some comments here. She talks about uh, it's a small world holiday, saying, I am not a fan of it's a small world, but this really is a must-see. I was amazed at how much transformation they really do. Every scene has something to do with the holidays and celebrations around the world. Uh, it was also a nice change to hear Jingle Bells as opposed to the... I was just going to say, they changed mm-hmm. the, the They changed music. the music, yeah. They don't play that song. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, in Holland or, in, you know, the Netherlands, they even showed the little children's shoes, like, outside of the door, if I'm not mistaken, which is what they do for St. Nick. I thought that was so cute. That is cute. But I like wooden shoes. <laughs> do you own any? No. <laughs> Well, She's then wearing. you don't like them that much, do you? I can see Julie walking around the park with a lot of other people. But she, it's not a fashion choice she would make. The coppers. The other thing they do, the uh, the Christmas fantasy parade, um, which is, from what I understand, I didn't see that when we were out there last year. But uh, from what I hear, that's also supposed to be very, very, uh, very cute. And, um, and and they do their own, they also do their own candlelight processional out in Disneyland. Actually, that's where it started, I believe. I think that was the first place they did it, and then they brought it out here. But uh, they do it a little differently. It's not, uh, 
Uh, it's only done uh, for two nights, and they do offer dining packages. And we don't have we don't have any of that information yet as far as what packages are going to have this year or who the celebrity narrators. I understand that goes very very quickly. Oh, extremely. You really extremely. have to be there day one or forget it. And uh, well, yeah, it takes place on the whole thing takes place on Main Street, USA. They have a full orchestra. Um, they have the chorus and you know doing renditions of traditional Christmas songs and a retelling of the Christmas story, very similar to what they do uh, here in Epcot. Did anybody get to see the candlelight processional last year when we were no. there? No. no, I don't think it was going on at that point. You don't have a chance at that. And uh, they also do some special tours. Uh, holiday time at Disneyland is an exclusive uh, tour of the park and. Uh, Includes exclusive collectible items, priority boarding on special holiday themed attractions, and VIP seating. VIP seating. Okay. <laughs> All right, and VIP right. seating for Disney's A Christmas Fantasy Parade. So, um, they they do have uh, they do some different stuff than than we do out here. And we mentioned Santa's reindeer roundup. That was really really I like cool. That. Yeah. And um, Kelsey mentions that her uh, her daughter really enjoyed. Really enjoyed that. They get a lot of interaction from characters. Children get to participate in shows and cookie decorating. Mm-hmm. That's where they um, keep Santa. To they even did a little magic show. Yeah, she said her daughter spent about two hours. Mm-hmm. Can we say hello to her daughter? No. Come on. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Kelsey. Um, and she mentions that the line to see Santa was ridiculous, but Mrs. Claus wanders around and spends a lot of time with, with the kids. Yep. And they had Pluto, Mickey, Chip, and Dale uh, were wandering around as well. So fellow characters, I think there's hot chocolate of, and cookies over there too. Well, they have they? cookie making, cookie mm-hmm. decorating, and stuff. Oh, so cool! I love cookie decorating. Now that's what goes on, and that's generally what goes on at the Magic Kingdom over at California Adventure. Nothing. I like what they do with the California sign. They make it look like um, candy, candy canes. canes. Like yeah. candy canes, yeah. The, the big California sign out in front of uh, oh, California yeah. Adventure. The huge letters. They, yeah. yeah, they do make it look like candy canes. Yeah, and for Halloween, they do the candy corn. Yeah, because we ma- have a picture of you yeah. in the sea, and yeah. it looks like a candy corn. Oh, Kelsey, comment, Kelsey mentions that she was not nearly as impressed with the way they decorate California Adventure for the holidays, and I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. The decorations were not nearly as extensive or as uh, yeah. I, I thought as 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 abundant as they at were Kingdom. at the Magic Kingdom. You get Santa's uh, you have Santa's beach blast. Oh, I remember that because Santa yep. was dressed up in his beach shorts. People were taking photos with him. Yeah. Yes, in his funny shirt. That's right, mm-hmm. in front of the big sun. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. That's about it. She really <laughs> wasn't really an awful lot of California adventure. Do you, do you think it's a function of the the Magic Kingdom in Disneyland has been around so long that they just have so many? more decorations that they can put up and they just yeah when it. i first bought my first christmas tree i only had a couple decorations right you're going by that thing from kmart that has like 12 ornaments in it right mm-hmm. so after 50 years they've got a lot more yeah <laughs> they just didn't have enough for california adventure right and and the weather you know the weather out there i mean we were out there last november um middle of november last year the weather was gorgeous we wore everything from shorts to jeans at night sometimes yeah, at, at night it, can get, yeah. it at, can get cool at night when the sea breeze kicks in at night it got a little chilly yeah. but uh which was nice being when you especially when you were in like the magic kingdom doing the christmas stuff mm-hmm. having a little little chill in the air is always nice it's kind of freakish here when you know <laughs> it's three days before christmas and it's 82 degrees out and you're in shorts <laughs> it, it just, gets chilly at night it goes to 80 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, this is the town that, you know, when it drops below 60, they start pulling the homeless and off the street. Um, but, you know, it's 
it really, it, if you want, if you want a very different experience, if you've done Disney World for the holidays, um, I, I'm telling you, you know, land is more intimate. Land is a lot more intimate. It's a lot. I don't know. It just has a much more Christmassy feel to me at the Magic Kingdom out there than it did at the one in Orlando. I definitely give them the edge in in as far as Christmas is concerned. I think in in terms of the Magic Kingdom, I, I certainly give the edge to uh, to Disneyland. So, hmm. is there anything else we can talk about with about the holidays? They they do decorate the resorts. I've seen the resorts decorated. The Grand Californian is. Spectacular, yeah. It just lends itself to being a Christmassy type of resort with that giant fireplace oh, and, yeah. and the, the well, flaming and Christmas tree, the flaming Christmas, <laughs> yeah, the giant fl- flaming Christmas tree. And the, that was a couple. They years had ago. yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, they the, got the a Christmas tree. They started fire. getting that straight now. Yeah, they had that massive fireplace in the lobby. I love that. It's very cozy. My really favorite nice. fireplace, though, is the one that's outside. It is that, that that outdoor fireplace with the big rocking chairs out yes. back? Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It's kind about. of undercover, but it's still open. It's kind of like a hidden spot over there. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really nice. It's a great place to go, uh, just to go hang out. I like the open deck off the fifth floor. Isn't the, isn't yeah, it the fifth floor? Yeah, it is, that's nice. We did our meetings out there. Yep. That Grand Californian cool. is absolutely I beautiful. I think, it, I think it is the nicest Disney hotel, that, that the nicest hotel Disney has. And for for going to the theme parks, it's it's the easiest of any of them. Oh, it's brilliant! I mean, I mean they feature that you can walk from any of the three hotels. But I have to tell you, the 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 other two hotels, it's it's a kind well, of Disneyland's not too bad. It's a little further up than uh, Grand, Grand Californian, where Paradise Pier is a lot further away. But yeah, but you know, just I mean, you can out. walk from any yeah, one of them. Can. I yeah. mean, this is all. Variations on a theme it's here. It's not 47 square miles. Yeah. Well, I can walk from Laguna Beach, too, if you're so inclined, but it's still far. <laughs> but after a day of tour and walking back to the hotel, we we but, struggled. But, you know, you mentioned Laguna Beach. I, I think that is probably one of the biggest reasons to go to Disneyland is that, you know, at, at the most, you're really only going to spend three, maybe four days at Disneyland. And take a couple of days to go to eat over eat to like Laguna Beach or Huntington Beach or San Diego or oh, Hollywood. Yeah, All yeah. these places are basically within an hour's drive. If you um, want to feel really poor, go to Laguna Beach, <laughs> yeah. go to Newport Beach, tour. Exactly. Balboa Island. Balboa Island was lovely, <laughs> oh, though. God. What an adorable, adorable and, place. And but San Diego was unbelievable. It, I, is, it is one of the great advantages that Disneyland has over, over Florida, over Disney World, is that they have Southern California and all these amazing things that if you've never experienced them, I mean, I think everybody needs to do Hollywood at least once. Yep. You know, yeah, it's kind of seedy. No, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's not nearly as glamorous as you think it is. But there's some cool stuff to see. Yeah. And we've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun in Hollywood. And, you know, again, like I said, Laguna Beach, Huntington Beach, all those places, Venice oh, Beach. Throwing the Farmer's Market. and the Farmer's in Market in Hollywood. Um, just a lot of cool places to go, and I, I just I can't. I love Disneyland. I think it's, I think it's brilliant out there. I love the whole the whole area. I love how compact it is that you can get every place you need to go real quick, and wow. that it's so close to so many other things. As long as you California. don't have to get on top of the highway and drive on the highway, you can get there quick. Well, yeah, you know, the, yeah, driving is get on top of it. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> Get on top of the highway. You go up the on ramp, and you're on top of the highway. What? It, it's How easy. else do you do it? I forgot my train wreck thing <laughs> today. Oh, thank goodness! I, I was going to pay Brian to find it and break it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, get on top of the highway. But as well, opposed to get under it. Exactly. That's a tunnel. <laughs> All right. Boom. So, Driving well, lingo with Bob. Well, that that will probably do it for uh, <laughs> this this week's segment for Christmas in July. And uh, next week, we, uh, we're doing the Disney resorts. We're going to be talking about oh, uh, good. Christmas at all the Walt Disney World resorts. And uh, well, next week is also our, uh, our, our one-year anniversary show. So we're done with the Christmas segment? We are done with Christmas, Bob. You may shut the lights off. Uh, for the week. <laughs> if you like. And that will also do it for our show this week, folks. We'll be back in a little while with our, uh, the, the email edition of our show this week. For those of you staying with us, we'll see you then. And for those of you not, we hope you enjoyed our show, and we hope you have a great week. We'll see you next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week. Bye.